1: The summer down under continues. Welcome to TC Live, leading you up to live tennis, top of the hour from Auckland. Guess what? We are just three days away from the start of the Australian Open. The excitement is palpable. Here's what's coming up on the show. Tommy Paul could become the top-ranked American man in the world with a title this week. See how last year's AO semifinalist kicked off his season in Adelaide. Plus, Jesse Pagula hoping to get back to the top spot as well. After three straight trips to the quarterfinals in Melbourne, will Pagula power past the Elite Eight? And Naomi Osaka is back in the draw, but it's what she's drawing off the court that has our attention. TC Live enters the metaverse later in the show. We've got you covered for at least the next 14 hours on Tennis Channel T2 and TC+. Take a look at our featured matches. Ben Shelton, Sebi Korda, Emma Navarro, Jesse Pagula, and Tommy Paul. All in action tonight. Wow, just three sleeps away from the A.O. And all those players are still getting their reps in. Cannot wait to see those matches. Steve Weisman back alongside Monica Puig. John Wertheim over on the big screen. Last TC Live before he flies to L.A. And then joins us for 15 straight for the Australian Open. But taking a look at that big board, all those big names. Have you ever seen something like that just three days before a major?
2: Honestly, never. Usually, these bigger players who are in the top of the rankings—they're already in Melbourne trying to relax a little bit until the first major's underway. But this is the first time I've seen draws so stacked, and you know, a little bit of extra reps never uh, never hurts. It actually helps.
3: So many other sports. Hey, how do we get fans to care before the big events start? Tennis comes in hot. We get a major starting less than two weeks into the year. And then, as Monica says, this week, you've got draws that were absolutely stacked. Top five players, singles, doubles, a lot of tennis for a a week right before a major starts.
1: All right, let's kick off the show. A couple of guys who had a great run in Melbourne last year. Tommy Paul actually stayed home in Florida a bit longer this offseason, just got over to Australia for his warm-up event in Adelaide, and John had no rust against Alex Bolt. No, you like to kick off your season against a guy ranked 311 spots
3: below you, which was the case today for Tommy Paul against a wild card at Bolt. And for a guy who's defending semi final points, got off to a very nice Australia campaign. Very little trouble today. 11 aces that's a big number for tommy paul especially considering he only had nine service games uh, very little went wrong for him today he won points at the net he was better off the baseline sort of eased into the season with a, a very comfortable 6-3-6-2 win over a player who again was here on
1: a wild card tommy paul could be the top american after this event he's the top seed 25 winners and gets a rematch with jack draper in the next round
3: couldn't ask for a better start. I uh, thought I played a really clean match. He's a uh, tough guy to play against. I mean, super, super tricky with the lefty serve and uh, had to come out sharp, and I thought I did a good job. We definitely worked really hard over, over the last couple months, so I'm, I'm really excited to get the season started. You know, it's, it's hard to really uh,
1: recreate the feelings that you get when you're in a tournament, so I'm, I'm excited to be back out here. May time after an early loss in Brisbane, Sebi Korda going for his first win of the season against Lorenzo Sonigo. John, remember this is the site of
3: Korda a year ago having championship point against Novak Djokovic couldn't quite convert, but if we're talking about exercising bad memories, uh, today was a good one for him because he was one and three against Sonigo for his career and was just the better player trying to win his first match of the year and spoiler he did 91 percent of his first serve points won he won at the net here's a second set tie breaks this is a nice shot to uh hit when you're a couple of points from perhaps having to go to a third set we're getting the full quarter here we know about the power there's athleticism there's such watch this This little topspin lob to the backhand side to set up match point against a class opponent, serves it out, and quarter
1: on the board for 2024. Very nice win today. He saved five set points in that second set, converted three or four break points, moves on to the quarterfinals. Let's take a look at this draw. And there are some big names here as well. The two-seed and the one-seed advancing Nico Jari and Tommy Paul. That rematch with Jack Draper we mentioned. Bublik taking on Musetti. And then Corda gets O'Connell next. Remember, Sebby Corda is still just 23 years old. He can actually get back to his career high of 23 in the world if he takes the title this week in Adelaide. If he stays healthy all year, Monica, what are some realistic goals that he can
2: accomplish? I mean, the sky is the limit, especially for the young guns in the sport. We've seen how Carlos Alcaraz has really elevated his game, winning Grand Slams already, number one in the world at one point. So it's all about the belief, and I've always liked Sebi Korda. I love the way that he goes about his business on the court, has a great attitude, is always aggressive, always moving his feet up, just a very professional player. And I mean, his family is full of world-class athletes. So he has some great examples that he can draw Mm -hmm. from. And I think, you know, they're all working together, all supporting each other. So that's a great dynamic that they have going on.
3: You know, for some players, there's a range of opinion. What what is the ceiling? What's realistic? I think with Korda, there's a lot of consensus in tennis, but those four words you said, Steve, if he stays healthy, that has sort of been a subtext to his career. When he's fully durable and when he uh, can play at full physical presence, he's as good as anyone
1: out there. He could be the top American very easily, but he just needs to stay healthy and stay fit. Made the quarterfinals in Melbourne last year, and this is a guy who has won the juniors in Australia. Like you meant, every member of his family has won a title in Australia's Pretty impressive stuff.
2: I mean, it it just runs in the family. And obviously, he's had the good results in Australia. So, why not, you know, defend the points, maybe go one further? I mean, again, health is wealth.
1: Absolutely. Health is wealth. Love to hear that. Keeping it in Adelaide for the ladies. And we start with the All American matchup Jesse Pagula and Bernarda Para. It was Para, Monica, that came out firing.
2: Pera is the type of player who is extremely tricky to play. She really elevated her level in this first set against Pagula, destroyed Pagula mentally. We saw Pagula very frustrated, didn't really look her best. She kind of looked sluggish out there. And Pera really took it to her in that first set. But Pagula is top five for a reason. And the top five know how to dig deep when things aren't going their way. And Pagula did just that. She kept her head down, really fought, started to do a lot better with her footwork started to improve her shot selection. She was actually up quite easily in this third set. Pabula and Perrot just started to show some of that good stuff that she did in that first set, but ultimately Pabula comes through with the win when she wasn't playing her best, which is incredibly important at any level.
1: Just one for 10 on break points in the first set, but converted five in the next two, added seven aces, and moves on to the quarterfinals. Taylor Townsend doing double duty again. She won in doubles to reach the semis and playing Marta Kostyuk in singles. Both players really attacking the net in this one, Monica.
2: Yeah, we remember that Townsend got into the tournament as a lucky loser. She was on the massage table and suddenly had to go out and play wins her first round. But here, Kostyuk was just too good in that first set. She, like you said, attacking the net with some flair, but Taylor Townsend do not counter out because she will give you a fight and that's what she has shown recently with her level with her game. She believes that she should be there with the best and honestly, she can. She is an incredibly tricky player, especially with that lefty spin and she's very feisty. But costume there in that third got out to an early lead. Taylor Townsend trying to come in here to the net, but it was shots like these that Marta Kostyuk was suddenly Running away with the third, but Taylor Townsend says, hello. But Kostya ultimately says goodbye and wins it in three.
1: Yeah, Townsend created 20 break points, in the match can be pleased with that. But only saved one of the seven that she faced. Don't look now, but Yelena Ostapanko is about to be back inside the top ten. The former Roland Garros champ heading into Melbourne on fire, John. Really out-hit Caroline Garcia yesterday. Yep. That's from
3: the, the Latvian, Asta for power and Penko for erratic. But boy, when she plays so well, she stays out of the corners, moves her opponent around. Carolee Garcia was a top four seed at the Australian Open last year. This is a quality opponent here in the near court. After losing the first set, Garcia got back into it. 15 aces on the day. Very nice serving match. But Asta-Penko just too much into the third. And there were winners off both sides. She picked up for returning. Again, we talk about Ostapenko. We talk sort of about she's she's quirky, she's erratic. There's a lot of self-belief, but she is getting it done five years out of the top ten. And when the rankings come out Monday, as you say, Steve, she
1: will be back. Nice momentum heading into Australia. Nice quality win today. Back-to-back quarterfinals to start her season. Four out of the five matches she's played so far have gone three sets. And she has been able to come out on top in most of those. Gets Marta Kostiuk. Next, Kazakina still in the draw against Sigamund. Pagula will take on Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova, And then Elena Rybakina, a big threat to win the Australian Open. She's still there as the top seed as well. But let's talk about Ostapenko a little bit. John mentioned it. Going to be back inside the top ten on Monday. In fact, listen, uh, she made the quarterfinals in Melbourne last year. How big of a threat do you think she is come next week?
2: I think she's one of the biggest threats in the draw. And listen, I've been on the receiving end of Ostapenko at her best she I played her in the first round of the French Open when she won that title and she was spot on on all sides of the court sometimes we talk about we don't know which Ostapenko is going to come on the court but she is proving since last year and this year that her game is starting to get a little bit sharper I mean she has that feistiness she wants to win she wants to prove that she can get back to the top of the game like she was a few years ago and she's doing the right thing so far
1: and, Josh, she's dangerous on every yeah. single surface. I mean, she's made at least the quarterfinals at every major. Yeah.
2: Oh, pre-
3: previous majors, she beat the top seeds. She beat uh, Egan Shvantec at, at the U.S. Open. Of course, the match after that, true to form. Typical Ostepeko, she barely lasted an hour against Coco. But, no, she can play on every surface. She can play every style. Some players give her matchup problems fine. But can, can we all agree tennis is better for erratic players? I mean, should, <laughs> shouldn't we all kind of like that they're dangerous players and we uh, – throw up our hands and we're not sure which one will show up but good for her i mean we're more than a half decade past her one major she's still in the top 10 i give her a lot of credit
1: yeah and it's not as much of a roller coaster as we may think i mean every single year other than 2020 she's been in the top 30 now she's going to be back inside the top 10 but she's been fairly consistent and now right up mm-hmm. there with the best in the world a lot more still to come here on tc live more highlights from all across the warm-ups to australia we are leading up to live tennis top of the hour and Guess what? It's been four years since Sophia Kennan won the Aussie Open. We'll see how her preparations are going for another title down under. Back on TC Live, coming up top of the hour, Monica and Chanda Rubin on the call for this one. Taro Daniel, first Japanese quarterfinalist in the tournament's 56-year Open Era history, looking to get to the semis. As we go back to Hobart, former NCAA champ Emma Navarro continues to shine as the 2C John, another routine performance for the former Wahoo.
3: Yep, we were talking about this yesterday. You want a nice encapsulation of Emma Navarro's rise? At the U.S. Open, she lost in three sets. To whom? To this opponent. To Maggie Fresh in the three-setter. And today, Creme Fresh, just a few months later, 6-3, 6-3, Nothing spectacular, but typical Emma Navarro, right? One ace, four points, one at the net. You look at the stat sheet, it's nothing outrageous. Just steady, controlled, consistent tennis. They shot making up there very little trouble today. And boy, Evan Navarro is just winning match after match will be seated in Australia and may end up coming home with a top 20 ranking, can you believe that? Uh, Very impressive,
1: nice win. Now up to a career high 30 in the live rankings is Emma Navarro into the quarterfinals. What about the 2020 Aussie Open champ, Sophia Kennan, Monica, facing Daria Saville. Uh, Not sure if this is a career high, but Saville had 13 aces in this match.
2: Kennan was two points away from winning this first set twice. But Daria Saddle coming back from an ACL injury, actually two ACL injuries, and she is just looking better than ever, has really worked on her fitness, taken the time to improve her tennis as well. We always love to see her and her TikTok videos all over the place, but it's her tennis that's doing the talking this week. (laughs) Tofu sausage. Her dog is definitely cheering her on, that's for sure.
1: Uh, it is a good TikTok. Highly recommend Daria Savile. One of the best on social media, I would say, for the WTA. Absolutely. Gets the win against Cannon, moves into the quarterfinals. Putin Seva in there as well. Tomova up next for Emma Navarro. Elisa Mertens is your top seed. She's already won this title two times, looking for the 3 peak in Hobart. Well, a couple of firsts for Ben Shelton in Auckland. We will tell you what the Young American had never done before. And what's next for Benny Scheltz. Big match coming up, top of the hour quarterfinals at the ASB Classic. Alexander Muller trying to become the first qualifier in the semis there since Yuri Vesely won the title back in 2015, taking on Taro Daniel. Well, Yesterday was the former world number six, Felix Oje-Aliassime, playing his first singles match of the year, taking on German Daniel Altmaier. Monica, both guys had chances in this first set.
2: I got to tell you, Altmaier got down to probably the worst start you could possibly imagine versus a player who is seemingly doing everything right. But it's OJ Aliasim that started to rack up some of those unforced errors and sometimes tries to do a little too much, tries a little bit too hard, and that ends up working against him. A lot of unforced errors off the forehand like this, but it was Altmaier who just hung in there, hung in tough, and waited for his opportunities. He was scrambling around all of the court and produced some beautiful backhands with that one-hander. And I'll tell you, this last game, he just elevated the intensity just enough to find that break of serve. And he, wow, that was an impressive win for him.
1: FAA won Basel late last year, struggled for much of the season. Hope to see him at his best in Melbourne. How about American Ben Shelton, top seed? For the first time in his career, also looking for his first win of the season, John.
3: Top seed at an event. Uh, tells you something about his ascent. Is that Rick Twitkins' nephew, Ben Shelton? Why, yes, it is. And for a guy who is now really a contender at majors, not just at... Uh events preceding majors he acquitted himself well you see the full yeah, crowd yeah, draws well in Auckland and had very little trouble to today morose I mean, this is the guy who beat alcaraz he beat monfils here the other day but uh didn't have much resistance for shelton got breaks in each sets yeah, 10 aces yeah, got shelton. up to 147 on the gun and this is becoming this is sort of the next step in the development right of just having routine win after routine win we got that today some nice shot making nice athleticism from shelton here look using all the court here that is the way to close on um, the match. Uh, match very nice fun cool. match
1: which is what we've come to expect from ben shelton he advances 30 winners gets roberto carbayas baena next love that energy from ben shelton heading into melbourne taking a look at qualies right now at the australian open zach Svida gets a nice three set win katie volley nets. Bottom right is into the final round of qualies. Everybody else into round two. Anything else stand out to you, Monica?
2: I'm kind of sad that Brandon Nakashima lost already. I mean, he has been such a solid player for so many years, and oh, that's a heartbreaker. But Maxime Cressy, you just want to see him continue to do well because he had a great, you know, couple of years. And all of a sudden just dropped a little bit in the rankings, but good to see him get those wins.
1: I like to see Haley Baptiste and Ann Lee getting wins as well. As we enter the social net, Naomi Osaka. Releasing a set of five new avatars that she designed herself, she hand drew each one. They reflect her personal style. John, what do you think of the avatars? All right, I, I thought it was her sister Mary who was the artist in the family. That's pretty
3: cool. Is this I'm, I'm boomering myself here? Is this like NFT adjacent? What's where are those avatars going? Uh, these, go, <laughs> <picks>? these go profile pics. These go in the Meta Avatar Store,
1: where you can you know of wear course. the same outfits for, for you. Monica, would you pick out any of these uh, any of these fashion staples?
2: Mm, I think the one with the jeans and the white t shirt, you know, that's that's mm. a little bit more my speed, but uh, yeah, I w- what John said, I thought that this was more her sister who is the fashion designer slash sketcher in the family, but mm, trying something different as well.
1: Naomi does it all. I am waiting mean- for the Wertheim avatars to come out.
2: <laughs> what about yours? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I think <laughs> Exactly be- Art Minor in Northwestern. Middle Western. Is- but the one in the middle is you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Good stuff, Naomi. We'd we love to Good. see that. Looking forward to seeing her in action in Melbourne. Speaking of the Australian Open, Casper Ruud. Hey, you know, he's a man of the people. The 424 ball kids. A uh, big ceremony there where they all hit, they you know, launch balls into the sky, or I, gu- I guess they just throw them up. Casper <laughs> catches his. The, the other kids don't. But that's great to see. A lot of love for the ball kids, Monica. They, they do, they do their work, and, and sometimes not appreciate it.
2: Hey, they're standing out there in the heat while we're running around and they just have to stand there. It is kind of tough and maybe, you know, I hope we're entertaining enough because sometimes our matches can be boring and they're just there like, oh, well, you know. But it's always fun to see the players interacting with them and, you know, giving back a little bit.
3: Okay. Can we talk about the unforced error right there? <laughs> uh, we, we got a few more days to improve on your catching, but... Um... But yeah, uh, good good for Casper, nice Chester. I love the four Legion hats, but note how many balls do not get caught. Uh, guys, you got you got four days to
1: uh, pick up your game there. <laughs> this 424 best of the best, John. This is, this <laughs> <laughs> do, it, do it for the kids. It's all good. <laughs> Cannot wait to see them in action on court. This is what's coming up Thursday's schedule. TC Live 630 p.m. Eastern. Monica, you're deserting us tomorrow, I hear. Chanda Rubin is back, back on the show. I
2: heard you didn't want me around. That is so you know lies, fake
1: news. John's on a plane (laughs) coming to L.A., but uh, Jimmy Arias, Chanda Rubin on TC Live tomorrow. Monica will be back on Friday. John on Saturday. Welcome back. It is a big night on T2 with Second Serve, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Nick Monroe continues to bring in the big names. We got actor Boris Kojo in studio tonight, plus J.J. Wolf, Kamau Murray, and more. Jeff Chisver, Jimmy Arias join Nick on T2. That is tonight for Second Serve. And we are just three sleeps away from the year's first major in TC Live, your only two-hour pregame show every single day. Starting at 5 p.m. Eastern, leading up to first ball in Melbourne. Myself, John Wertheim, joined by a trio of Hall of Famers. Martina Navratilova, Lindsay Davenport, Jim Currier. You won't find that many Hall of Famers on any other tennis broadcast. A lot of guests, highlights, predictions, and fun. Cannot wait to get going on Saturday. Taking a look at our featured matches tonight. They're going to have a lot of hot shots. We'll see if they can beat this one, Monica
2: yeah, this one is Sonigo just leaves our camera for a split second and all of a sudden produces a passing shot that has a little karate kid wax on, wax off flare right there.
1: That's good stuff.
2: I mean, it's like, where did he go? Straight to the back of the court to hit a passing shot. He couldn't have made it easier on himself. Nope. I'm good. That one has to be
1: like 100 miles an hour, too. Uh, we'll see what kind of hot shots we get from this group. Uh, a lot of potential. W- which match, John, are you most looking forward to?
3: Oh, man, how about uh, the second to last from the bottom? Pavs against Pagula. Uh Two players, they've only played once before, but nice little contrast in styles. And then how about Tommy Paul against Draper again? A repeat
1: of last year, and Draper won that one. Yeah, let's let's start with that Pagula pavly chenkova matchup. Listen, uh, Pavlyuchenko's been to a final of a major before. That's something Jesse would like to do. Jesse ranked a lot higher. What's going to make the difference in this match?
2: I think it's pretty much how Pagula comes out to play. She was very slow yesterday. Maybe you know took some time to work off that rust. She played United Cup, like we said, not a real tournament event. So you know now the pressure starts to set in. And like we said, three quarterfinals. Can she get past it in, in Melbourne? There's a little bit of pressure. But Pavluchenko was that type of player that you do not want to see on your side of the draw unseated because you can't even face her in the first round of a slam. Let's be honest.
1: Yeah, that could be yep. tough, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the biggest uh, thing yep. that Pagula has to do tonight to get the victory?
3: Yeah, I, I think get through some of these surges. You know, one of these players has been to a major final, and it's not Jesse Pagula. One thing to look for Jesse spent two hours and 12 minutes on court at this event. Halves is over six hours. So uh, fatigue may play a part, and that
1: would benefit the American. Speaking of Americans, Ben Shelton, top seed for the first time in his life. Backed it up yesterday, looking really good. Today gets Roberto Carbaez, Baena. Shelton has never lost anyone ranked outside the top 50 since August. 9-0 against those players. So already at 21 years old, he just kind of takes care of business.
2: Yeah, that's kind of the mentality once you start racking up those wins. Once you start becoming a force to be reckoned with on the tour, your level's there, and you're just starting to show it consistently. I had a little paper that showed the conversion between uh, kilometers per hour to miles per hour. And he surpassed that last number on the paper. I'm gonna need a little paper update because he's just serving some absolute bombs.
1: What how, what was the number? How high was mm-hmm. it? It was
2: one forty five. And, and if he went, he went, went if he went one forty seven then it's it time to update one. the paper. Well, then ben you, Shelton then he's then you like Google that yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> research Uh, No, I I think uh, Carvajal, Monica, you called the match against uh, Batista Guto. He plays his friend, 35-year-old Spaniard, baseliner, and then to go from that match to playing Shelton. Young guy, doesn't know much about him, big serve, totally different type of player, totally different relationship. I think sometimes in tennis, we forget the versatility players need one day to the next, and I think this is an
1: example of that. Speaking of versatility, Tommy Paul taking on Jack Draper after getting a nice win yesterday. Listen, Tommy knows I, I played Jack at this event last year. I lost him last year. What-, what is that like for a player when you want that revenge?
2: Obviously, it's a little bit more incentive to come out onto the court and say, I want to get this win. But the Tommy Paul of the beginning of last year is not the Tommy Paul that we're seeing Lately, And I've grown up with Tommy. I've seen him through all these different phases. He is focused. He is hungry. Physically, he is super fit. He's putting in the hard work, like he said in that on-court interview. I worked incredibly hard, and I think he deserves this moment, and he deserves to be where he is today.
1: Hmm. John? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I also don't know. I mean, to, to what extent, Monica, you know this. I mean, to, to what extent does it get with a player and get in their head that they've got to defend an awful lot of points at the next big event? Is that at all figuring into Tommy's game plan. I used to play as a nice, tough, lefty kid. Again, they've got some history last year. I think Tommy ought to get through this, but what is it like one week out having to defend all of those points at a major pretty soon?
2: I mean, for me, I would definitely be nervous. I would be thinking about it, but if he plays exactly the way that he played in his first round, which it showed no signs that he's thinking about it, he's just, it seemed to me, going match per match and just relying on the work that he's put in with his team, and he has that kind of mentality that he's just... Goes out there, does what he needs to do, and off the court he goes. So, I don't know. Every player is different. So let's see. My mentality is probably is not the same as his. So you know, all the best to him.
1: You know, Paul Anakin always says it's not about defending. It's about the opportunity to gain, right? Yeah. It's got a big opportunity. You start from
2: zero every year. That's right.
1: That's right. He's looking to add points like on that. this year. He's looking to get one like step that. further. Maybe make the final at a major. Change your perspective, change your life. (laughs) Taro Daniel walking out onto the court. Looking forward to hearing the call. Monica Puig on with Chanda Rubin following a quick break. TC Live back with you tomorrow. Just three days away from the start of the Australian Open. You'll see Ben Shelton in action later tonight. Jesse Pagula in more. Keep it locked on Tennis Channel.